0: What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of What's Good Games Live for Monday, June 8th, 2020. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany Brombacher. I'm Brittany Brombacher. You are indeed, and this is your source for video game news. Come to analysis some funny stuff every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash what's good games. Woo! We took last week off, as you guys are aware, to make sure you had time to check out our friends at Spawn On Me. And boy, Brittany, am I excited to see that Khalif has just been everywhere over the last
1: week. Oh, yeah. Dude's kicking ass. I still don't agree with his stance on oatmeal raisin cookies, <laughs> but it's okay. We can agree I to don't, disagree.
0: I don't blame you. He has a very controversial opinion about oatmeal raisin oh, cookies man. being better than chocolate chip cookies, which, let's be honest, Pretty they are not. Nice. Pretty You're allowed to like oatmeal raisin cookies, for the record. They're prune cookies, Andrea. So Britney does not like oatmeal, raisin cookies at all. Um, but I digress. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. We hope that you enjoyed our episode from last week. A big thank you to Rihanna Manuel for organizing our discussion about Black Lives Matter. I think it was an important one to have. So if you missed it, please do check it out on podcast services or at YouTube.com slash What's Good Games. And Re made an appearance on Animal Talking on Gary's live stream yesterday that he was doing to raise money for Colors of Change and she did fantastic Uh, she was on when Khalif was on and her character is just so much fun and so cute and she even passed a test that Gary put her under with flying colors Gary had the gumption to ask Rihanna who is the best member of What's Good Games and I was like oh no what's she gonna say Uh and then of course she gave the correct response which was John Drake (laughs)
1: <laughs> i was like oh shit like how would i get out of that john drake is the right answer it is true Very true. i was
0: like okay and then of course gary gave her accurate pr props for mentioning <laughs> that john was the best member of what's good games so uh good job rihanna you did an awesome job and she was also on inside gaming last week which we talked about on the show And that she made an appearance on Giant Bomb's charity stream on Friday as well. So I was very happy to see Re getting out and about and saying hi to all folks in the gaming community. Uh, Yeah, she's
1: kind of amazing. I don't know if you've noticed. She is kind of amazing.
0: Um, Speaking of Rihanna, she's going to be streaming with me tomorrow because as you guys are aware, or maybe you're not, Bungie is making an announcement related to Destiny 2 and the future tomorrow. So we are going to be streaming live at 9 a.m. for the announcement with some of the What's Good Guardians clan members. And then we're going to be playing throughout the day. She does have to work, so I'll have some rotating cast members in um, in the stream throughout the day as we're checking out what's happening after the reset in Destiny 2. You. Brittany did you catch any you were there for a little bit right of our live stream on Saturday
1: yeah I hopped in for a few minutes and then I realized that nothing was happening and then I went back to bed yes, yes.
0: so we decided well by we um I guess it was me and then I texted Ray, it was like you want to join me and she was like okay So this is a
1: story we have coming up
0: okay news. so we'll we'll hold on then hold on. I'll talk a- I'll hold I'll hold the phone um A cool thing that we do want to promote some announcements for you guys. We're teaming up with GameSpot for Play for All, their summer charity live stream that they have going on over the next several weeks. Tuesday, June 30th, mark your calendars from 12 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. What's Good Games is going to be streaming on GameSpot, raising money for COVID-19 charities and for Black Lives Matter uh, charities as well. So we hope that you guys show up for that don't worry we have a couple of weeks we'll remind you we promise and it's pride month we're very excited to be celebrating pride with all of our friends in the lgbtq plus community as we've mentioned on the show we've got lots of pride merch in what's store with 100 of the profits of those pride items going to our friends at glad the gay lesbian alliance against defamation who's doing work in video games to make sure lgbtq plus voices are represented so if you haven't checked those out yet, please do. I'm hoping mine arrive this month. Same. Or this week, maybe. This week, Obviously, shipping better. has been a problem, Brittany.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Turns out pandemic, yeah. not great for shipping.
1: Just, who would have thought, you know?
0: Yeah. It's who not, it's not great for indeed. a lot of things.
1: Shipping is one of them true um and we got some other streams happening later this weekend this weekend we do so tomorrow morning ladies and gentlemen like andrea was talking about we do have the destiny 2 announcement thing and i say thing because i have no idea what the hell's happening in this game but i'm a ride or die bitch and i'm gonna be there for my friends and i'm gonna smile and i'm gonna nod and i'm gonna <laughs> pretend like i know what's happening look at the aliens oh, is probably something i'll say a lot so that starts yeah. at 9 a.m pacific tomorrow so make sure you stop by our little channel here to pay attention to that uh, fuckery and then this saturday is the gorilla collective oddly enough they have not announced an official time for this kickoff if you go to their website it still says tba but the pc gaming show starts at 11 a.m on saturday which we're also going to be streaming our reaction to and i'm so i'm assuming the gorilla collective will start around 10 10 30 perhaps so, that sounds right. Yeah, that sounds about right. And then if those PlayStation 5 rumors are true this Thursday at 1 p.m., we are going to be streaming our live reacts to the PlayStation 5, new the new reveal that was obviously postponed last week. So, apparently on Twitch, Andrea, I don't know if you heard about this. Well, I texted it to you, so you, obviously you have. But yes. an ad played and it was like, Whoa, PlayStation 5 controller, tune in. And there's been no official announcement, but it is for this Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific. So, it's that seems like a happening. nice time.
0: I'm good. Hmm? Oh, we're getting some news in the chat that it was confirmed via a tweet. So, okay. let me go to Twitter to make sure that is correct. PlayStation has tweeted, as of 12 minutes ago, see you Thursday, June 11th at 1 p.m. Pacific time for a look at the future of gaming. So yes, we will be doing a watch-along on Thursday for that event as well. Hopefully you guys will join us. As we've mentioned before, if you're joining us here live on twitch.tv slash what's good games, you want to make sure to turn those notifications on so you get those go live emails every time we go live. Yeah,
1: because we can't predict when we're going to go live because everything's changing around, you know? It's just one of those things. It's true. And EA also moved their event. Have you gotten to that one yet? Uh, No, that's the next bullet point. Yeah, EA moved their event to Thursday, June 18th at 4 p.m. So that is next Thursday. Of course, we'll be live reacting to that as well. And then I think the Thursday after that is the Cyberpunk stream. Lots of reacts, Andrea. It's going to be a month of live streaming, Brittany. I'm excited. Get hype. Trying, but it's 11 in the morning and I haven't had any food yet.
0: Oh, no. Well, we'll hopefully get you some food soon. But... It's not going to be right now because we got to get into the news. Woo! So, Brittany, would you like to kick off our news segment with the first story? I
1: would love to. So this comes from Eurogamer. Get 742 games with bundle for racial justice and equality on itch.io. Itch.io. Is that how you officially say it? Itch.io. I have been
0: saying it, itch.io. Some people say itch.io, but I don't know if there's like an official way, but itch.io sounds great.
1: Itch.io. Okay, I'm going to roll with it. So itch.io's creator has launched what is probably the largest bundle ever in its efforts to support the Black Lives Matter movement. Partnered with 564 creators, the Bundle for Racial Justice and Equality comes with a whopping 742 DRM free titles in total, valued at over $3,400, but which you can have the whole lot by paying however much you want, with donations starting at a minimum of $5. It's already raised over $2 million since launching over the weekend, with a goal to reach $5 million before the offer ends on June 15th. All proceeds go to the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund and Community Bail Fund, split 50-50, in the important fight against racial injustice, inequality, and police brutality against black people. So, the easiest way to find this, friends, is if you just go to itch.io. So, it's itch.io, and it's a featured bundle on the front page. And I was going to look at it right now to see what they're at because they are currently at $2.5 million raised.
0: <gasps> That's great. Great news. I'm glad to hear that they are doing um, some charity work. Really awesome. Um, obviously, a ton of different charities that people are raising money for, which we think is fantastic and was happy to support um, our friend Gary Witta in his efforts yesterday. But we know that now because of the pandemic is a really tough time for people. And you might not have money to donate to some of these events. So hopefully you can find other ways to participate. On the show last week, Rihanna gave a lot of great resources for educating yourself. So if donating to one of these causes is just not in your financial bandwidth, it's completely understandable. It's a tough time out there in the world for everybody. But hopefully you can use some of those educational resources to further your knowledge on the matter instead. Or in addition, in fact. yeah. Um, cool. Great. So I guess if you guys want to help, you know, buy some games and have a go to a good cause, you know where to go. Buy some games. 742 <laughs> games. That's so crazy. Wow. I was not aware that there was that many games. <laughs> I think really when you cool. read it the first time, it kind of went whoosh. over the head. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't quite register. But now that you say it again, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> That's a lot of video games. <laughs> All right. Well, Next story, Cyberpunk 2077 will not be available on Stadia at launch. CD Projekt Red has quietly revealed that Cyberpunk 2077 will not be available on Google Stadia when it launches on PC and consoles this September. In a press release discussing the upcoming advertising campaign for Cyberpunk, the developer states Cyberpunk 2077 will be released on September 17th, 2020 for PC Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. By the end of the year, the game will also make its debut on Google Stadia. A discrepancy between platform release dates has not been previously specified by CD Projekt Red. However, it is now clear that Stadia launch will come sometime soon after September 17th global launch. In another minor hindrance to go along with several other disappointments that have affected Stadia since launch, things have been looking better for Stadia. Our original review, and this is from... IGN. IGN, their original review, um, gave it a 6 and was updated to uh, updated to a 7. <laughs> but noted that its catalog is quote, still a ghost town. <laughs> <laughs> um, and apparently you're saying that the original press release is no longer available, Britt?
1: Yeah. If you try clicking on the press release, it says whoops, this page isn't available, or whatever the whoopsie-daisy PR lingo is for that. But it's interesting and I'm wondering if it's because why would they take it down unless had something to do with the Stadia announcement or Um, lack thereof? I
0: would guess they would take it down because Google got mad Yeah, because they were like, we don't want us to be a story about how you're launching on Stadia after everybody else. Maybe Google's going to try to figure out how to fix it and make that happen. Maybe they'll slip them a few buckaroos to fast track the development of the Stadia port. Because I don't know if you guys remember, but last year when Stadia launched, I did an interview with Jack Busser, one of the team members over on the Google Stadia front for Google, and he explained to me that the development builds that publishers submit are actually an individual SKU, meaning they're an individual build, much like Nintendo Switch has a specific set of code and PlayStation 4 has a different set of code. Google Stadia is not just a PC build. It's its own unique code. And that's why a lot of publishers are having trouble going day and date for launch with the other platforms because i would imagine that they just aren't as familiar with developing code and working out bugs kinks etc in that code so they might need some more time yeah but that's just a hypothesis
1: oh, that's a good hypothesis i really enjoyed it the also heck? worth remembering when i think this was announced CD Projekt Red said that Stadia would release the same year. So I don't think it was ever promised that it would be a day-and-date title on Stadia. But you know, we just want to make sure we get our facts correct here at What's Good Games. I yeah. I still have not – I mean, I was one of the founders of Stadia. Well, you know, the Founders Edition is – that's what it was called, right? Founders. Yep. Yeah. So I still haven't taken it out of the box, admittedly. And the only game I think I'm going to probably do that for is Baldur's Gate 3. Because Larian is still confident that it will come to early access. And it's either I play it on a PC or I play it with a controller on Stadia. And I think that would be a good test of the tech to see how it actually works. Because it sounds like there's going to be some pretty interesting Stadia-exclusive um, uh, like perks when you play the game. Like certain things built in where the chat, if you're playing, which I'm assuming you'll be playing on YouTube, can uh, impact the... Um, the dice roll or it can tell you if you want to go left or right at a split path, like which way do you want to go? So, some, but some fun stuff like that, that's going to be incorporated into chat with Stadia. But at the same time, I'm not going playing Baldur's K3 online. So it doesn't really impact me, but I guess if you want to grief dice rolls, it's something you can do, you know, if Andrea is like, Oh, here's a glass of wine. Do I want to drink it? And the whole chat would be like, no. And then she, she'd be angry forever. because She didn't get her wine. <laughs> Applicable.
0: Angry forever. Well, you're probably right about that one. Yeah. Um but you know, I love that there's those features that Stadia has as a benefit to using that as a platform versus others. We just really haven't seen that come to fruition yet i think we were all hoping and we had talked about previously that this e3 was potentially one that they could really swoop in and be like we have all of these really cool announcements like here's an exclusive and here's an exclusive partnership and here's this and this and it was their time to shine ahead of the new console launches and so far it still feels like a lot of their marketing is just missing the mark and it's Frustrating, I think, for people who invested in Stadia at the beginning, despite several outlets saying, hey, maybe you should just wait until Stadia gets everything figured out. At least now people can try it relatively cheaply, if not for free. There's a couple of things that you can test for free, and anybody with a Gmail account can get a Stadia account now. You don't necessarily need to buy their proprietary controller. You can use a Bluetooth controller, <laughs> but the amount of devices that you can play Stadia on is still incredibly limited, and you can still only play on a television if you've got that Ultra Chromecast that came with the Founders Edition. So, <laughs> lots of work for Stadia to do to catch up. Hopefully, they can get some of that done over the summer before the new consoles launch, so that they can stay competitive this fall. But. Yeah. Who will know? Yeah,
1: I'm happy the tech is out. I mean, better iron out those kinks now. So maybe 10 years from now, like, oh, this is the coolest thing ever. Ha ha ha! We were so wrong back in 2020. Uh, now look at it. <laughs> Quote me in 10 years. That's exactly <laughs> what we're going to say. And that's exactly what we're going to sound like, Andrea. I love it.
0: Yes. I love you. And this story is – next story is – Not something that I love, but it's about something that I love.
1: (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about a little thing called Destiny 2. So this write-up comes from Paul Tassi at Forbes, which it was really funny watching his tweets over the weekend when this whole thing was going down. Okay. Destiny 2 just blew up the almighty in a cool but painfully slow live event. There's an old saying about the cursed monkey paw of Destiny, where the game will give you something that you want, but at a terrible cost. Saturday was that long-running quest from people like me who think it would be cool to see Fortnite-style live events in Destiny making real-life real-time changes to the game. Well, we got that with a catch. Players witnessed Rasputin launch missiles at the looming almighty in the sky as NPCs moved from the permanently fixed stations to observe, getting someone like Shaxx to move a few (laughs) steps for the first time in six years. The missile started impacting the Almighty lightly at first, then rose with more ferocity and Until finally, the entire thing detonated, sending what appeared to be one of its wings speeding towards us. It crashed over the horizon, but the shockwave did some light damage to the tower, more or less all in real time. The problem, the very, very clear problem, was that all this took an hour and a half to unfold. That's the cursed paw. So reporter Andrea Renee was there on the scene. Andrea, what was your experience?
0: I was there on the scene. Brittany, you can watch it all live. Well, not live. You can watch the VOD of it on our Twitch channel if you want to. So... Okay, we all know that in-game events can be really cool, thanks in large part to Fortnite, right? They kind of pioneered these big, splashy in-game events that galvanize a whole community. Now, they're not the first to do it, but they really are, I think, inarguably the best at doing it so far. However, that was not what happened on Saturday morning. (laughs) So first off... Snafu going live right at 10 a.m. That's excusable. Live games are hard. Live service games with shared worlds are even more difficult. So we were understandable about it not being right at 10. But then it took 30 minutes for the event to begin. It didn't start until 10.30 a.m. That's a, long, that's a long wait time. That's a long, like, oops, we didn't start at uh-huh. 10. And then the first thing we saw was just, like, these small streaks in the sky. We're like, wait, is that, is that it? And then everybody in the chat and that was on, on you know, stream with me was like, well, it's rockets coming in from all of these different places very far away. And they got all sciency about how fast the rockets would be able to move in real time. And I was like, yeah, but this is a video game about space
1: magic. Who cares <laughs> if it's real or magic. not? I think that needs to be the tagline for Destiny 3. <laughs> this is the video game about space magic. <laughs> I think that's
0: a good one it's so so it was frustrating to say the least obviously we couldn't turn away because we didn't know at any moment when something was going to happen but it was painfully drawn out and then the payoff i didn't think was really that worth it that the idea of doing something that culminated from a season's worth of community activities is cool and the idea of them taking down the almighty this giant You know, weaponized ship that's in the sky and having it fall in real time was cool. I think in hindsight, it probably would have just been better as a cutscene for everybody to watch separately than for us to watch it in game together. But I like the idea of it. It just was like, wah wah. Uh,
1: So so, what's a Shax?
0: So Shax is a person. Okay, (laughs) Shax is a character. He's the guy that runs the Crucible, which is the PvP arena in Destiny. So he's a quest giver. You go over, you say hi to Shax, and he gives you out quests. And he's got some of the best VO lines in all of Destiny, quite, quite frankly. He's oh. really fun. Oh but yeah. So he he always stands in the same place in the tower, and so you run over there, you pick up your Crucible things, you can buy stuff from him, and but he never he never moves. We've never really seen Shax outside of this area in the tower, and. All of the NPCs were interacting with what was happening on screen in some way. I mean, most of them were just standing and staring. And there was a lot of NPCs that like had their hands and they were pointing, but they were like, (laughs) like there were mannequins, like they weren't moving at all. And it was like like for over an hour, Brittany. (laughs) I just, it was really It was really funny.
1: Would you okay? So, with that said, would you argue that the most exciting part about this Destiny 2 event was that Shaxx moved?
0: <laughs> no, I think no, but like I like it. I like that he moved, but the most exciting, no, I think the most exciting part was that they broke off a piece of the tower kind of in real time. You could go over and investigate it, and it gave you an emblem, and then they changed the skybox. In real time as well, like that tech is hard, and I need to give Bungie props for it because it is very complicated. The way that they do their shared world in-game art, like I have forever been preaching that Bungie doesn't get enough credit for how well they do multiplayer, but I just wish it would have happened much quicker. This like, eighty minutes is too long for something to slowly be shot out of the sky. <laughs> it's just too, too long. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, Brittany, they just sat there staring with their fingers pointed at the sky.
1: <laughs> I love oh, video games. Boy. They're great.
0: They are great. But the bonus is that it got the What's Good Guardians together. And I got a lot of people to log into Destiny that hadn't logged into Destiny in weeks, months, or potentially even years And so hopefully people are excited about what they're going to debut on Tuesday. I know that I'm interested. I was playing with some of the Guardians last night. And um, Kayla Jouet from Uppercut is going to be joining me on stream tomorrow. And it's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time.
1: So because (coughs) just went through puberty. Wow. (laughs) That was very odd. But because we don't have a lot of news and I don't know what to expect tomorrow. Is there anything I should be looking forward to tomorrow during the Destiny stream? Like, any Shax, Should I look for Shax to do a little, like, Irish tap dance?
0: I mean, that would be the best part of any Destiny stream I've ever seen. But no, uh, I don't – we don't typically hear from Shax, which is a bummer. I think he's a great character. Mm -hmm. I would love to, you know, hear more from him. But – what we can probably expect tomorrow is to hear from Anna Bray, who is a character on the moon, who has been very involved in Rasputin, who is this mind supercomputer, who is the one that launched those missile volleys at the Almighty. And the reason he did is because the community participated in these public events called Seraph Tower events throughout this past season, and because we unlocked... As a community, X amount of Seraph towers, Rusputin was powered up enough to shoot these missiles and prevent the Almighty from attacking Earth, the Traveler, and the Tower. Oh, so, so the Almighty is, is a burden. bad thing. The Almighty is a bad thing. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, it essentially is like a super. It's like a Death Star type super weapon. Ah, fair enough. Not quite that powerful or that majestically awesome in its evilness, but close.
1: Okay. Okay. I'm looking but, yeah. forward to all of that. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of potentials that they could go and I don't want to speculate too much because I'll you know, probably end up speaking out of turn and saying something incorrect. But I would like to just see some more quality of life changes in some gameplay elements. And I would like to see I would like to see a new character if we could. That'd be cool. There's rumors that the stranger from D1 is potentially coming back. And that would be awesome because there's some characters and some lore that we haven't really touched on from D1 that have been kind of lurking in the background that a lot of the fan base has been like, bring this stuff back. And the lore of Destiny is so wide and varied that they have a lot of directions that they could go in. But we don't know just how big this is going to be, if this is them announcing the big fall expansion, which we hope it is, or if this, it's them just detailing a new season or how season passes may change. But lots of... Lots to potentially be excited about.
1: Will Cade come back as a zombie?
0: Gosh, I really hope so.
1: Okay. I don't think so because they,
0: they've they made it pretty clear that like, yo, Cade is gone. He's dead. Yeah. He's not coming back. Yep. But they've left a couple of breadcrumbs that may open up the ability for them to bring him back. But it, it seems to me like they want to bring other characters to the forefront. So there were several characters that were kind of like left in the lurch and I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole for people who are listening to the show that are like not super into destiny, but I'm excited. If you guys are excited like I am, please join us tomorrow. It should be fun. I'll be streaming for a lot of the day tomorrow, but, um, yeah, Yeah. Brittany,
1: this next story is all about Sony getting fined Andrea Renee. Do you want to read this one? I will. You just talked a whole lot, and I say that with okay. love. Okay. All right. This comes from Kotaku. Sony fined 2.4 million by Australian court for misleading PlayStation players about game refunds. So Australia's federal court like oh, announced today, or is that? No, no, that's London. Whatever. Uh, kangaroos. G'day, order Yeah, that is ordering <laughs> Sony to pay $3.5 in fines, approximately $2.4 in the U.S., for breaking the country's-, country's consumer law by misleading people about video game refunds. Between October 2017 and May 2019, Sony Europe's Terms of Service implied that users did not have consumer guarantee rights regarding the quality, functionality, completeness, accuracy, or performance of their purchased digital games, reads a press release on the Australian Completion and Consumer Commission website. This was false, as these guarantees cannot be excluded, restricted, or modified. According to the court's ruling, Sony Europe made four players in Australia think they only had 14 days to return a digital game, and even then could only get a refund if it was authorized by the game developer who made it. A fifth person, meanwhile, was apparently told by Sony Europe that their refund had to be in currency on the PlayStation Store rather than getting the money back outright. Quote, consumer guarantee rights do not expire after ad digital products have been downloaded and certainly do not disappear after 14 days or any other arbitrary date claimed by a game store or developer. ACC Chair Rod Smith said in a statement, what Sony told these consumers was false and does not reflect the consumer guarantee rights afforded to Australian consumers. So I did a little like digging and I was like, all right, so what is the refund policy for these, these digital purchases? So if you look on PlayStation, so full games, DLC, themes, avatar, season passes fall under this category and these rules. After purchasing this type of content through PlayStation Store, you have 14 days from purchase to request a refund to your payment method on PSN. If you started to download or stream the purchase content, you are not eligible for a refund unless the content is faulty. Okay. Epic Games Store, on the other hand... They said, you you're can. you eligible for a refund within 14 days of purchase for any reason, but only if you've played them for less than two hours. And then I think Microsoft says, games and apps are eligible for self-service refunds within 14 days if you have less than two hours playtime across all accounts. And then you have Nintendo. And they're like, motherfucker, all sales are final, get fucked. <laughs>
0: Like, <laughs> Nintendo being Nintendoing. Um <laughs> This is something has been in and out of the news a lot over the last couple of years with the rise of digital and the questions about ownership in the wake of digital media and who owns what. And the real answer is you don't really own any of it. You're just temporarily licensing it, which is a tough pill for a lot of physical collectors to swallow, because when I buy a book, that book is mine. I can share that book. I can sell that book to somebody
1: else. You can use it as toilet or paper I can, if you don't like it.
0: Yeah, or I can keep that book forever, which is usually what I do. I don't typically get rid of my books once I buy them. But with games, it's not that way anymore. And it's tough when games are expensive and people are like, hey, I bought this thing. <laughs> or, hey, I, this thing is broken and I don't want it. And a, a lot of the times when we've looked at the controversies over refunds at launch, it's been because people either don't like the game and they want to get a refund for it. It's not generally because the game is actually broken. Mm-hmm. There's only That's only happened in like a very small handful of cases where there's been such catastrophic problems with bugs that the developer was like, okay, are bad. We'll refund everybody who wants a refund.
1: Yeah. but It's tricky. It's hard. I mean, especially, you know, with stores like GameStop, I always get stop and spot. I wonder if I'll ever get that straight in my head. Game yeah, S- you will. You think so? I don't know. It's been I believe in you. 30 years. I still haven't. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I mean, you know, people are just used to the ability of buying a physical copy of a game. And then once they're done, if money's tight, they return it. They they sell it to these stores, they get like $2 back for their $60 game, because that's you know how it goes. And then, you know, they can use that to buy something else. But obviously with digital, that just makes it a lot more tricky. And it's interesting to see how or if these policies are gonna evolve as I think digital becomes more prominent. How are they gonna modify these settings or if at all? Because it sounds like right now Sony is the well, Nintendo's like the ultimate tier of get fucked, you're screwed, all sales final. And then below that, you have Sony, who says you can only return if anything's catastrophically wrong. And then below that, you have Epic and Xbox, who are like, well, hey, and I'm not familiar on Steam. I didn't have time to look up Steam's policy. But if you played less than two hours, and Steam might be something similar, I feel like, then you can return the game. Is that how?
0: Yeah. The real problem is that in order for these return policies to seem fair to the vast majority of people, the bad actors need to stop. Being bad. And that's just never going to happen. Right. And so, like, these publishers are trying to split the balance between how do we do something that's fair for consumers while also is protecting the creators? Because as Lucigen, pointed out in the chat around Firewatch people were playing the game and rushing through the game and finishing it and then going to return it before Mm -hmm. the time limit was up and Firewatch isn't the only game that that's happened to and it's tough when you're a creator who has put years of your life into making something and then because people are being cheap they want their money back even if they fully enjoyed their experience and like that sucks like art is really hard to make and good art is even harder to make and i always breaks my heart a little bit when creators whether they make video games or make other kinds of content don't get the credit for the games and the stuff that they make it's a bummer it is yes tear indeed i mean we certainly could go into the minutiae of this but i'm not very well versed in australia's federal court system
1: <laughs> why not andrea come on it's common knowledge
0: I know, right? Shame on me. But I think it's certainly something that publishers and platform holders are going to have to have a unified front on as we march towards the digital future. And I don't know who's right right now. I don't know if Steam is the right answer. I don't know if, you know. PlayStation's the right answer, but it would be better, I think, for consumers if there was a unified policy across all titles, particularly for a third party that you can buy on a variety of platforms if it's not platform exclusive, right? It's like, well, I could have gotten a refund over here, right. but I didn't get one over here. It inher- inherently flames console wars over something that's so doesn't need doesn't need to be you know oh
1: yeah don't don't feed him man i can just see all the youtube comments all that well the refund policy on xbox is better so xbox fanboys for life you know that was a really good
0: impression brit
1: thanks you want me to talk like like that that. all the time no no are you sure andrea i can talk like that all the time i can push up my glasses (laughs) i'm sure (laughs) oh my heart ow you wound me (gasps) And on that note, let's get into
0: your guys' questions in Dear WGG. This is where we ask you guys to write to us, either in the Twitch chat, but more importantly at whatsgoodgames.com slash dear WGG, because we know that not everybody can join us live. So if you've got questions, feel free to send them in. We have a couple questions from people. Some of them are about current things and some of them are a little bit more evergreen so this is actually the first question from maria is something that i thought we might copy last week and then it just ended up not being enough of a story but interesting nonetheless uh maria writes and says hi What's your opinion on Naughty Dog being accused of copyright for the song and the latest t 2 trailer by the covering artist? Both have gained a lot of backlash from what I can see. Since it wasn't originally her song, can Lot Kessner rightfully claim copyright? She did say that although it's a cover, she added her own spin to it, including the humming to the end, and it does seem like they took her cover as inspiration. Thank you for taking my question, and enjoy the rest of your week. So, if you missed this story, because there were clearly more important things happening last week and this week, Week, Naughty Dog came under fire for essentially plagiarizing. There's a different word when it's music and not w- literature, and it's escaping me right now. Um, essentially stealing this cover from this smaller artist. And this cover had been out apparently for like 10 years. It's been around for a while. And this is also not the first time that Naughty Dog has been in hot water for, for stealing something from a trailer. Do we all remember the Uncharted fiasco with the Assassin's Creed artwork?
1: Oh! Oh, yeah. Wow,
0: that was the first thing I thought of. I was like, "How does Naughty Dog keep letting this happen? Who on their marketing sure team isn't proofing these things?" Yeah, that was a big, obviously a big deal because that was clearly Ubisoft's artwork yeah. that they stole and put inside of a trailer. We were all like, "Yo, you have a whole team of artists. Why did you need to take something from somebody else?" <laughs> but when we're talking about this song. The covering artist actually doesn't have a lot of rights under the law here. This is more about ethics than it is about legality, unfortunately. And legally, Naughty Dog sought the permissions and licensing rights from the original copyright holder and paid, but they had to to use it and didn't pay the cover artist. And sadly, under U.S. law, the cover artist doesn't really have any legal standing here. But the honorable thing for Naughty Dog to do would have been to go to them and said, Hey, can we have your permission to use this song and to give you credit in our trailer? They probably wouldn't have paid for it because legally they don't have to. And, you know, Sony's legal team isn't going to pay for something they don't need to. But it would have been nice if Naughty Dog as creatives would have gone to that creative and said, hey, can we can we have your permission? But I don't know if it was a Naughty Dog led thing or if it was, I would guess, a Sony legal led process. And the lawyers don't
1: care. They're just like running, am running, huh? Yeah, yeah. I remember hearing about this on Twitter briefly, but as you said, there are a lot of other things going on, as they still are. So I didn't pay that much attention to it. I did try to find her original tweet where she told Naughty Dog that she was heartbroken about her cover being used, well, parts of her cover, and then I think she deleted it because I think she got a lot of backlash. So yeah. Um, I, after that, I just kind of stopped looking looking into it. But it's it's an interesting point. So it sounds like the humming near the end is the part where she thinks they took it from her. Someone in chat right. says it's called biting in music. Danny Jasson, I guess. Okay, the art anyway.
0: Biting doesn't seem like a uh, like an official term, but yeah, colloquially we could we could use that biting.
1: But I see why she would
0: get. Why she would get ravenous fanboys and fangirls, you know, attacking her. It's sad that the video game community does that. But again, you know, we, I saw several lawyers in our feed, including a video game attorney, Ryan Morrison, who had said, yo, yeah, it sucks, but legally, like, it's not her song. Like, she covered it, which she could do. You can cover stuff, but you can't then ask a commercial licensing company to give you money for your cover because you didn't make the original work. That's the problem here. So like I said, it's more of an ethical debate than it is a legality thing. So that's kind of why we didn't mention it and talk on it because we're like, well, the the uh, the artist that is claiming that her stuff was stolen doesn't really have any case to stand on. Yeah.
1: And I think she's probably just trying to forget about it because she did delete her tweet. I'm sure she's like, forget it. The harassment is not worth it, which sucks. Yeah. Yeah. No,
0: it's certainly certainly not worth it.
1: Be good. Be nice. Just be nice
0: to each other. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right, next question, Britt. Is from Curtis. Should we read Curtis's question?
1: Yeah, this is kind of a little techie issue and I was like, you know, we could talk about it. So this comes from Curtis and then Curtis says, Okay, I'm a teacher. I did some very basic streaming for my students over Zoom during the shutdown. I really enjoyed it and I want to expand what I'm doing. How do y'all handle in-game chat audio during your streams? I have a good mic and I'm getting an Elgato capture card. Do you chat through the console and use a chat link cord? Chat through Discord on the streaming PC. What audio is in your headphones and how do you get it there? Totally cool if this isn't a topic topic for the podcast well it is now curtis
0: this is probably the most complicated question we've ever received about our tech yeah and the reason i say that is because the audio that we do here at what's good games is much more complicated than your average streamer because we built our production workflow to focus on the podcast because that's where the vast majority of people listen to what's good games like over 95 percent Of our What's Good Games community only listens to the podcast and doesn't come to the YouTube channel and doesn't come to the Twitch channel. And so we wanted to make sure that we were prioritizing audio quality. Unfortunately, the audio industry as a whole has really been dragging their feet walking into the the digital future. Video has run towards digital headfirst, and there's so many cool digital options for video. But a lot of the best high-quality audio equipment is still analog. And because of that, getting the correct interfaces to play nice with all of the PC software that you need for streaming is inherently incredibly complicated. And so without going down a really in-the-weeds rabbit hole discussion about how What's Good Games specifically routes all of our audio because it's several pieces of hardware. If anybody who's watched a stream knows, it almost always breaks. (laughs) we essentially use, you know, a couple of different pieces of software. But for you, I would suggest the easiest way is just to use Discord. Discord is a phenomenal resource that is really easy to use. And it allows people to dial in on their cell phone or they can dial in on their PC, which is incredibly convenient if you have people that are doing crossplay, for example. If you have people that are playing PC to console or two different consoles with each other, unifying everybody in chat through discord is a fantastic way to do that. And of course we have a discord at discord.gg slash what's good games. If you want to join our community there, but to save yourself a lot of headaches, that's what I would recommend because Discord plays nice with all of the different streaming softwares and that's really what you want is to eliminate as many headaches as possible for what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, Lisa in the out. chat says he prefers vinyl personally. Well, if we're talking oh. about audio quality. Yes. Vinyl is still one of the de facto top tier formats, but you know what plays even worse with computers? Vinyl. <laughs> you have to have a lot of expensive audio equipment to get vinyl to play nice with PC, but I digress. That's what I would recommend. Discord. That was good,
1: yeah. I mean, and like Andrea said, we're still trying to figure it out sometimes. The couple of weeks ago, John and I were doing some test runs where he was like FaceTiming me through my iPad, but then also calling me through my phone while talking on Skype. It was a whole thing. And that it it's hard and complicated. So don't feel discouraged. None of us know what we're doing. No.
0: And, you know, the good news is that People are very understanding about it, and I wouldn't worry too much, Curtis, if you have some problems. But don't be afraid to do some tests and to let people know, hey, I'm just testing out some audio stuff, and that's the best way that you can um, really figure out what's going to work. And always just remember, it's going to break. And sometimes (laughs) just restarting it fixes it, and you're never going to know why.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's the most gospel truth (laughs) I've ever heard. (laughs) It's so fucking true.
0: Don't waste your time uh, trying to understand. Just restart your PC and all will be fixed and you'll never get it. And just like go with it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my gosh. Getting talking about <laughs> Ooh, getting hot and body. audio routing gets me all worked up.
1: <laughs> oh, girl. Oh, my goodness. Take a, take a breather, man. Take a breather. I'll take this next oh. question. All right. Let me have some water. Kim. Is there any game in your backlog that you want to tackle, like how Britt did with Yakuza? Do you plan on going back to anything else? I just finished DMC5, and I loved it.
0: I definitely have some backlog stuff that I want to get to. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, finishing the final missions, has been on my backlog for quite some time. And I'm looking forward to getting to that this summer. I also want to finish the missions in Borderlands 3. Never got to the end game of that either. Have a lot to go back to. And as far as other backlog games, I mean, I want to go back and replay um, Hellblade. That's mine. Yeah, I started it. And it's been so long since I picked it up, I feel like I just got to start over and pl- try to play it all in one sitting.
1: Yeah, because I don't think it's that long of a game. But also right now, the one time I did try to play Hellblade, it was very intense. And I don't I don't know if I'm in a good place right now to play something like that. I'm trying to play games that are a little bit more upbeat and happy. So I tar- started Trials of Mana last week, and I'm picking that up every now and again. And it's a really fun. You know, it feels very much like the Super Nintendo game, but modernized, which has that little charm to it that SNES games have, or JRPGs of that era have, which is really nice. But uh, speaking of Yakuza, uh, I'll talk about this briefly, and I'll talk about more on the show this week, but I think this is the week we talk about The Last of Us, or is that next week? Next week. Oh, uh, okay. So I will have a little spotlight for Yakuza Dead Souls. <laughs> cool. So I've been Well, talking- actually, I'll uh, double-check the embargo while you're talking about Yakuza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I started Yakuza Dead Souls, which is essentially... Yakuza four of the four of some of the fan favorite Yakuza uh, characters in Kamurocho which has been infested by zombies and on paper this sounds like the most ultimate mashup ever right Yakuza and zombies hello the game it plays pretty shitty but it's still I mean the gameplay is probably some of the worst shooting I've ever seen in any game ever like hands down But it's still the fact that it is Yakuza and it's still Kamurocho and it's still these characters. And I'm having a lot of fun with that. So I needed some good good old comfort gaming this weekend. So, of course, I went back to Yakuza. I got the PS3 all updated. I got my shit downloaded. It took me about two hours to do all the UI updates. And then I had a clear room and that store on the PS3 is just absolute trash. And it moves at a snail's pace. But I did it and I was victorious. And now I'm shooting zombies in Yakuza. And it's a good time. That game is so comforting to me. I don't know. It's a very special. I'm glad series. that you have
0: that. I I want everyone to have, you know, Japanese men oh. comfort food in their life.
1: Go <laughs> oh, yes yeah, yeah absolutely. Please sign me up for more of that. Let's go. And then you have your home decor game that you're like kind of obsessed with. That I know is working out. So very
0: well. a big thing happened for me over the weekend. Okay. Um, so just as a quick aside, the embargo is this week. So the Stymers' impressions of The Last of Us will be this week. Of course, spoiler free. Of course, spoiler free. And we will not be doing our spoiler cast until probably either the first week of July, maybe. We're going to give you guys a couple of weeks to play before we do spoiler cast. Because Brittany and I haven't played at all yet.
1: So <laughs> we'll We're not this. jealous, though, at all.
0: No, totally not. Um, so... On Sunday, while I was listening to Rihanna and Khalif on Gary's Animal Talking stream, I was playing, of course, because I had to check my turnip prices, and I just decided to not buy turnips this week. Oh. And so I went to go say hi to Isabel, and she was like, Hey, congratulations, Cloud Wine has a five-star rating, and here's a recipe for your golden watering can. Oh, what does that mean? It means I had a five-star rating 15 days in a row. Oh, shit. Which I did not realize because I got my first Lily of the Valley, which you get is a flower that spawns when you get a five star rating. Um, But I looked up the golden watering can recipe because I was like, hey, how do you get the golden watering can? Like, why did I get this? And so I went to IGN and they said that you have to have a a five star perfect status rating for 15 consecutive days.
1: Oh, hey, I'm so proud of you. I I literally – I don't know what – so to get the five stars, is that when you just have a whole bunch of cool shit on your island? Is that what that means? Pretty much. Yeah.
0: And like the key is to place a lot of items, to not drop them because Isabel doesn't like it when you just drop stuff around the island. She wants it placed on the island. And there's no real rhyme or reason, at least that I've seen to how she rates it five stars (laughs) but i have a lot of stuff covering my island and a lot of people have been asking me about a tour i did the tour with ign it's going to be coming out i believe this week uh once i find out exactly when i'm going to be featured on their animal crossing celebrity island tours i'll let you know but i don't want to really give a full tour ahead of that because i would kind of spoil it but yeah yeah, I will be – I've been I've been doing more work since we shot that episode, so as soon mm-hmm. as the episode goes live, I'll bring everybody around and show because I got a really cool wallpaper recipe for this underwater wallpaper as part of the summer uh, DIYs, and it is so cool that I'm now making a whole underwater-themed room. I'm going to go full aerial.
1: I was going to say, is it going to be like the little mermaid ride reaching around and it's like, oh, water and bubbles everywhere? Yes, I yes, it is. I can get down with that. Are you still working on a bar?
0: Oh, my My bar is almost – it's pretty much done. Okay. But, yeah, it's really cool. Well, oh, haven't, haven't I showed it to you yet? Uh, no. oh, I'm really proud of my
1: beach club. It's really
0: fun. <laughs> There's a dance floor and a section with the hot tub and the pool and an infinity pool.
1: Fewer things and in a- life are as pure as Andrea <laughs> talking about her Animal Crossing Island because I don't think any of us ever thought oh. we would get here, but here we are. I I'm over 200
0: hours in now, Brittany. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I still have that clip of, oh gosh, it was one of our first Westwood games live. And you said, I think I'm going to play Animal Crossing. I should post it. Because I, I clipped that. I'm like, well, if she does get into it, this will be fun <laughs> to look back on. Well, who would have known? There you are.
0: Indeed. It's been a long journey. But I, uh, I got here with the help of friends. Yeah. So shout out to uh, Trevor Starkey. And Trevor. To Maria. To Rihanna, to everybody who sent me stuff, recipes, pools. Tyler sent me some stuff. Snake has been very helpful sending me some stuff. Yeah, I've
1: made it. You've done Let's it. Let's
0: not talk anymore because I'll just keep going about Animal Crossing and people will be like, oh, God, we're talking about Animal Crossing again. <laughs> All right, last question. <laughs> oh, boy, here we go. Um...
1: Interesting. Let's Hmm. do it. Which one do you want to do? I think it's obvious. The Skittles and Warheads naked one. Okay, okay,
0: okay. So Sniper, or Sniper, 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 um, Sniper wrote in and asked, would you rather eat 15 rotten tomatoes in one sitting or swim two kilometers through a deep pool of sour Skittles and Warheads naked? Okay, Two
1: kilometers.
0: This so, is a weird question. It's weird, would you rather? So
1: for your, my friends who are like, how many miles is two kilometers? It's 1.24274 miles. Um, I would hands down. We, well, so he, Here's the problem, Andrea, is I can't swim for shit. <laughs> Can I wear floaties? Can I wear arm floaties? Or do I legit have to like, because I feel like swimming on the surface of Sour Skittles and Warheads naked would be a pretty cool experience now is the catch (laughs) here that it would sting your nethers is that like where we're coming into the pros and cons of this you know what i mean like i don't know what the chemical balance of skittles and warheads would be
0: well warheads don't really have too much happening on like the candy shell of the outside right and sour skittles don't have like a lot of sugar on the outside either i don't I feel like the swimming would be difficult because you're not moving through water, you're moving through candy. And so you have to use a lot more effort to actually move. And I feel like the opportunity to drown and potentially die through suffocation of Skittles is much higher. And so if you (laughs) think about what's going to kill you quicker, I don't think that there's a real risk of death eating 15 rotten tomatoes. You might just like vomit them back up. But it would be the whole process of eating them would be very unpleasant. That's, but you could potentially die if you swim through skittles.
1: I mean, death by skittles would not be a horrible way to go. I feel like that would be like that bitch died from skittle consumption. But <laughs> but if if I could use floaties, I would in a life jacket. I would one hundred percent swim through a deep pool of sour skittles and warheads. I feel like that's a bucket list worthy item. You know what I mean? Naked. Yeah. However, I have never eaten a tomato in my life. I hate tomatoes i hate the consistency That's right you do hate tomatoes i hate the consistency of tomatoes it's kind of like when i tried my one and only oyster in front of you and i had to spit it back up and put it in a napkin like i can't i can't do it so sign me up bitches we're going swimming oh
0: wait somebody in dark Knight is saying don't do the atomic warhead challenge it hurts like crazy i don't even know what that is is there a specific challenge that we're missing
1: i don't know well to google i mean google knows everything you know what i mean Yeah, so I very much
0: enjoy tomatoes. I don't recall ever eating a rotten tomato specifically because you can see when you pick up a tomato if it's got, like, mold on it or if it's, like, all, like, wrinkled and, like, mushy, right? You just don't eat it. It's not like, you know, sometimes you can get, like, a bad piece of meat or maybe you, like, make an egg that didn't outwardly smell but was bad and makes your stomach upset, but... I don't know. Why do the tomatoes have to be rotten? I guess is the
1: question. It's part of the it's part of the intrigue. Ooh, part of the pros and cons of balancing your options. I wanna yeah. go fucking swimming in Skittles. So the Warhead Challenge is a fun viral challenge fun huh viral challenge that requires fun. the contestants to either eat as many warhead candies as possible within a set period or keep a certain amount of warheads in his or her mouth for as long as possible. Uh, my only experience with warheads was in third grade. I had a teacher named Mr. Gus, and what he would do is that he would give out chips to the kids, like little poker chips, if you were doing good things, and that at the end of every month, you got to exchange them for prizes. One of the ways you could earn poker chips was by eating warheads and not making a face. Hmm. And I feel like that's kind of a form of torture, now that I'm old, because that. That, I, I can't. That's my only experience with warheads, and I cannot do a warhead. Maybe we should do that in West Good Games. We can all eat warheads. Doesn't that sound like a fun bonding experience, Andrea? Aren't you excited? Yeah, it sounds
0: great.
1: I'm so glad that you suggested it. Cool, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> what could go wrong? What um, could go wrong? But no, that sounds terrible. No, thank you. I hate sour things. I think maybe that's why I don't like wine. I feel like wine is like sour, rotten grapes in a glass. You see how? You see how I, I know how to poker buttons? You see what I know? I know exactly what to say and how to say it. That silence she, is deafening.
0: She does, and I'm. You know what? I'm just gonna let it lie. I'm just gonna let it lie. Wow and that's gonna be our show for today thank you so much to everybody who is watching with us live on twitch and listening on podcast services or at youtube.com slash what's good games we love that you are part of our community we will be back on friday with our regularly scheduled podcast with impressions from the last of us part two from one christine steimer you don't want to miss it For everybody watching on Twitch, we're going to say goodbye, but we'll be right back. For everybody else, enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.